Hi there, America. Welcome to a continuation of the program, Visitors from Other Worlds. The sheer magnitude of the universe strongly suggests that we are not alone in this fantastic universe. But today we're going to see not just what the astronomers say, we are going to see what ancient Hebrew Bible writers had to say about the universe and visitors from other worlds. And what is more, we're going to talk about visitors from other worlds visiting this planet in our own age. The Carter Report investigates the mysteries of the past as it seeks to interpret amazing predictions concerning our future. John Carter, scholar, writer, and traveler, invites you to join him as he unlocks mankind's most valuable treasure. God spoke about a great universe of millions of stars hanging out there in space, hanging upon nothing. And of course, the Bible said, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The psalmist David said, he spoke, it was done. He commanded, it stood fast. In other words, the Bible teaches that the almighty God spoke the universe into existence. Did you hear that? The Bible said that the great God who had infinite power translated that infinite power into matter. We know today from the theory of relativity, and we know the theory is true, the hydrogen bomb proves that. We know that matter can be turned into energy, and you can reverse the equation, and the energy can be turned into matter, and God's tremendous energy was turned into matter. God spoke, and there was a universe, exactly, my friend, as the astronomers have discovered, and it happened in a blinding flash of time, millions of years ago. Now, that's not talking about the, the time when God made this world, but it is talking about the time when God made the cosmos, and when he made the universe. I want you to come now, please, to page 491. Please come, page 491, Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It's nice to see you turning up the passages. I want you to see these things with your own eyes, and I want you to come over here to Nehemiah chapter 9 and verse 6 as we talk about life and other worlds. Is there life in other worlds? The book says, you better believe it. Nehemiah chapter 9, verse 6. You alone are the Lord. This was written about 2,400 years ago. You have made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their host, the earth and all things on it, the seas and all that is in them, and you preserve them all. Here's the punchline. The host of heaven worships you. The Bible says that the host of heaven out there, my friend, in the stars, there must be planets, and the Bible says that great host out there actually worship God. We've worked out tonight coming over here. Look here again, would you? If only one in a million of those planets is inhabited, you would still have this Tremendous figure, 180 million, million planets. 
And the Bible says the hosts out there, the hosts in heaven, out there, they worship God. Astronomers have only come to those conclusions in the last few years. The Bible spoke about a great universe and millions of worlds thousands of years ago. Oh, I tell you what, my friend, the astronomers took 2,000 years to catch up to this book. Come over now, if you don't mind, to, uh, let me see, come to Hebrews 11 and verse 3. Everybody turn to it, please. I want you to see this with your own eyes, or else you're going to find it a little bit hard to believe. Hebrews 11 and verse 3. It says, by faith we understand that the worlds, plural, the worlds were framed by the Word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. That's exactly what uh, the man from NASA has said. You see, things were made from things which were invisible. There was nothing there, and then they call it the Big Bang, this tremendous explosion. Astronomers know today for a fact that the universe is exploding out. It's as though a great cracker went off. And it's been exploding out ever since. And they know these things. And they know that the universe, the matter, was composed of things which are invisible. That which was and is invisible is the great power of the Almighty God. You see. It's true. Absolutely. It's true. And you can believe it. I want you to come over now, please, with me to Revelation. We're going to come over here now to Revelation chapter, let me see, Revelation 12 and verse 12. And here is another text that indicates very plainly life and other worlds. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. It says rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. The Bible talks about the heavens and it talks about beings up there, highly intelligent beings who are rejoicing up there, intelligent beings who worship the great eternal God. You know, a man said not very long ago when people were saying that the universe just happened, which is a stupid idea, just to think it all happened, it's crazy, you know. He said there's about as much chance that the universe happening by itself as a great tornado coming along to a Boeing spare parts factory where they've got all the parts for a Boeing 747 sitting out there on the shelves. All of the millions and millions of parts that go to make up a Boeing 747. And the tornado goes through the factory, blows everything up in the air. And when it's finished blowing through the factory, Sitting out at the end of the factory, out through the doors, there's a brand new 747 put together perfectly. The tornado did it, you see. Just picked it up and blew all the parts together. All came together. That, my friend, is as sensible as the idea as saying that this great universe, with all those millions of stars, all those millions of planets, just happened. It is absolutely a fantastic and ridiculous idea. 
This old book, my friend, is the most reliable book in the world. It says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. It is absolutely true. And I want you to know tonight that you have a great God out there and a God who is interested in you. Doesn't that do something to you? To know that there is a great God who made you. A great God who is a loving Heavenly Father and a great God who is interested in you. Did you know this? That the book also says that these beings from other planets have visited this earth. The Bible has a very interesting word for some of those beings. It doesn't tell us about all those beings, but it has an interesting word for, for some of those beings. The word is messenger. Messenger. That word is translated in the Bible by the well-known word angels. Angels. And angel, this word, the Greek word angelos, means a messenger. And this book has the cosmic concept of all of these super messengers, these beings with tremendous power, these beings with tremendous force and tremendous energy. In fact, it talks about the time on one occasion when one of these extraterrestrial beings came down to this earth. And there were the Assyrian soldiers, 185,000 of them, camped outside the walls of Jerusalem, planning to kill every one of the children of God in that place. And the book says that the great creator God sent down one of these messengers and he came and confronted that army and killed 185,000 men, one blow. These beings from outer space are not to be trifled with. They are beings of cosmic power. They are beings of tremendous energy. And what is more, my friend, they are not subject to death like the human race. Did you know, too, that when you turn to the Gospels, it says that when Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, a tremendous angel, one of these celestial cosmic messengers, came down, my friend, and came and rolled back the stone. And when he displayed himself to those brawny Roman soldiers, they fell like dead men to the ground, terrified because of his shining brightness because of his tremendous glory in some portions of the scriptures these beings have been described by the language such as he had the form of a young man he was shining with light there is no doubt that the ancients knew things that we are only starting to catch up on. And that is out there millions of worlds, a great creator God, an actual point when God made the universe. And there are all of these millions and billions of these celestial beings and they have come down to this earth on occasions. Very interesting. Now, listen to me. The Bible tells me that Jesus Christ was a man who came from another world. Jesus Christ, the Bible says, in fact, was the creator of the cosmos who assumed human form and came down like an alien to this world. He came down, though, as a real man. 
The Bible says that after his death and his resurrection, he went on a space journey back to his father's house. Never laugh at that, friend, because it is scientifically possible. And what is more, it is true. Absolutely true. He went back to his father's house and then he said some very significant words. Well, he said these words before he went back to his father's house. I want you to come over here to John chapter 14, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I don't know the page number, but it's very easy to find. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John chapter 14 and verses 1 down to 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 14, verses 1 down to 3. Jesus Christ, the man from the stars, said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house, there's a place out there, there is a planet called paradise. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, here it is. I, he says, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may also be. Now let me come here to the blackboard. Jesus Christ, the man from outer space. Jesus Christ, this great cosmic God who made all of these things, who made the universe. And I can prove that to you. We'll talk about that in coming lectures. Jesus said, and I believe the words of Jesus, Jesus said, I will come. Now once again, we're going to run out of room. Jesus said, I will come. Where can I put it? Over here. Jesus said, I will come again. Now that's not very good blackboard work, is it? But you can still follow it and you can read it. Jesus said, I will come. And he's going to come from a planet. Jesus said, I will come again. And Jesus said, when he's going to come again, He's not going to come by himself. Get that? He's not coming by himself. But Jesus is going to come back with some of these great messengers from outer space, these tremendous beings that excel in great power. I want you to come now to one of these amazing prophecies over here in Matthew. Let me see. Matthew, is it 25? Matthew 25, verse 31, here it is, here it comes, Matthew 25, verse 31, Jesus said, when the Son of Man comes in His glory, He's going to come with this tremendous glory that these beings have on these other worlds. Then He says, and all, A-double-L, all the holy angels with Him, then He will sit on the throne of His glory. This amazing prophecy says that the great space God, Jesus Christ, the one who made the cosmos, is going to come again. I will come again, he said. And then he said, all, A-double-L, all of these celestial angelic beings are going to come down to this earth. It's amazing. 
Do you know why they're going to come back? Would you like to know why they're going to come back? I can tell you why the book says they're going to come back. Because this earth is heading for Armageddon. It is heading for the greatest disaster, the greatest crisis. And if this great God doesn't do something, ladies and gentlemen, man is going to wipe himself out and obliterate all life on this planet. And the book says that Jesus Christ is going to come back and he's going to come back for a space age invasion. He's going to come back and he's going to come back to deliver his people and to save them from disaster. Look, I want to read you this passage. Here it is, Revelation 11. Verse 18, it says, The nations were angry. Your wrath has come. The time has come for the dead to be judged, and that you should reward your servants, the prophets, and your saints, those who fear your name, small and great. And then it says, And should destroy those who destroy the earth. It says that Jesus Christ is going to come back when men are destroying the earth and when America and Russia are about and are doing so, about to destroy the earth and when the earth is about to go up in flames, my friend, Jesus Christ and all of these great angels, these super messengers are going to leave their homes on these planets and they're going to come down to this earth and the Bible says they're coming back to save God's people. You hear that? That ought to send a shudder up your spine. It ought to, you know, make you feel that you have heard something absolutely magnificent because it tells me that God has not forsaken this planet. Did you get that? God hasn't forsaken, my friend, this planet. Christ is going to come back. Now listen to me. When the Philippines fell to the Japanese in the last world war, as General MacArthur walked out through the surf to get into the boat to take him down to Australia, the last thing that MacArthur said was this. He turned back and he looked back with a glint of defiance in his eye and he said, I will return. I'm coming back. And he did. You Americans know that. He did. He came back and he liberated the Philippines when Jesus Christ left this earth and it appeared as though he had been defeated. Jesus Christ, my friend, went back to heaven in his space chariot and Jesus turned back to people and he said, he said to his people, I'm going to come back. That's what he said. I'm going to come back again, and I'm not coming back by myself. Jesus said, I am going to come back with all the great angelic forces, these great messages from the stars. He is going to come back, and he's going to come back, the Bible says, when the nations have the ability to destroy the earth. I want you to know tonight that they've got it right now, and therefore the coming of Jesus has to be very, very close. Listen. I want to suggest something to you. The greatest need of America, the greatest need of the world. Let's make it a little more personal. Your greatest need, you sitting there, your greatest need, my greatest need, your need sitting out here in this tremendous theater with all these people here, our greatest need in this country our greatest need in our hearts, 
Our greatest need is not a bigger, bigger military big build-up, not more money. That's not the greatest need that America has. Our greatest need, ladies and gentlemen, is for a personal encounter with the God who made these stars. That's what we need. We need to get to know the God who inspired this book, the Holy Scriptures. We need to get to know the God who made us. We need to get to know the God who made the universe because that God is so big. And that God is so personal that when you get to know that God, He can solve your problems and He can solve mine. We need, we need the experience that a young American soldier had in the last world war. He'd been brought up, my friend, to believe in God, but he went to a godless university where he was brainwashed. And they taught him you, there was no God, there was no personal God. The whole universe just existed. There was no watchmaker. There was no person who put the Boeing airplanes together. It all just happened and all the rest of that rubbish. And so he gave up his faith in God until he was out one night in the foxholes and the next day he was to go into battle. And as he sat out there, he thought. And he wrote this poem. And I want to share it with you. He said, Lord God, I've never spoken to you. But now I want to say, how do you do? You see, God, they told me you didn't exist. And like a fool, I believed all this. Last night from a shell hole, I saw your sky I figured right then they told me a lie. Had I taken time to see things you made, I'd have known they weren't calling a spade a spade. I wonder, God, if you'd take my hand. Somehow I feel that you'll understand. Funny I had to come to this hellish place before I had time to see your face. Well, I guess there isn't much more to say, but I'm sure glad, God, I met you today. I guess zero hour will soon be here. But I'm not afraid since I know you're near. The signal. Well, God, I'll have to go. I like you lots. I want you to know. Look now. This will be a horrible fight. Who knows? I may come to your house tonight. Though I wasn't friendly to you before, I wonder, God, if you'd wait at your door. Look, I'm crying, me shedding tears. I wish I'd known you these many years. 
Well, I have to go now, God. Goodbye. Strange now, since I met you, I'm not afraid to die. We need, my friend, the experience of that soldier boy, don't you think? I wonder tonight if you'd like to bow your head with me. We're going to pray to this great creator God. Oh God in heaven, God who made the stars, God who made the universe with thousands, millions, trillions of blazing suns, millions and millions of planets, billions, billions, trillions, zillions of wonderful beings out there. A God who can speak and it can happen. A God who is so powerful that he can solve any problem. A God who only has to say and it is done. Oh God, tonight we want an experience with you like that soldier boy had. We want to look up into your face tonight. We want to look up into the stars. We want to acknowledge you as our God. We want tonight, Lord, to acknowledge you as our creator God and as our friend. And tonight, Lord, we want you to come and we want you to touch us tonight. We want you to come and touch us in a very special way. Tonight, Lord, we're raising our hands to you in prayer. We're raising our hearts to you in prayer. And we are saying, oh God, make touch with us tonight as we reach out our hearts and our hands to you. Oh God, touch us tonight. Renew our faith. Give us faith in an almighty God. Save us from infidelity and atheism and, and cynicism and pessimism and all of these other rotten things that are dragging us down into the mud. And, oh God, tonight lift us up and lift up our hearts and restore our faith tonight in the God who made us and the God who loves us and the God who even died to redeem us. We're looking forward to this great space invasion when Jesus is going to come back. Get us ready, Lord, for that tremendous day. We know that the great stone of the image of Daniel 2 is coming, and we know this represents this cosmic invasion. Prepare us, Lord, for the greatest event in history, the coming of Christ, the Creator God. Bless us for Jesus' sake. Amen. Amen.